Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you are here today. Those of you who are here in person, those of you who are joining us online. Um, we have some pretty special young people. You know, if you would have been here last Wednesday, you would have seen uh, some of them uh, leading worship for us. And a wonderful, wonderful job all of them did. I, I want to acknowledge a couple uh, this morning before we begin. Um, Grady Kosian uh, is, uh, was elected to a region honor band, and so he, he got there. And um, yeah. And then Weston got first chair all region, which is quite the accomplishment. Yeah. I know uh, both of them probably put in a lot of hours of practice, and um, we're, we're proud of them. And we just have some wonderful kids in our congregation and proud of all the accomplishments. I know there are other things that, that kids have done. So we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We're going to take a pause on 1 Corinthians for several weeks. We will come back to it in 2023. So I've, I'm, not, I'm not just skipping over the hard parts, you know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to get to them. But, but we want to take a pause. And one of the things that I've, I appreciate about Churches of Christ is that we've always been people of the Bible. We want to go to the Bible and we want to look at it and see what it has to say. We've also been people who have thought well. And so we, we've emphasized rationality, which I, you, can, you can become too rational, but I think rationality is a good thing. It is good to think well about things as opposed to thinking poorly. And so I want us to go on a journey this morning, and for this to happen, we have to have open minds, we have to look at the evidence and consider what Scripture says, and we may be challenged. We may discover something that maybe we didn't know before. We may come away with a, a different or clearer view on a subject that I think all of us are familiar with. What I want us to think about this morning is tradition. And so take a moment and just think about this word. And don't answer out loud, but you know, consider how you feel. Do you have positive feelings about this word? Do you have negative feelings about this word? Do you think tradition is good? Or do you think it's bad? We probably all feel something, you know. And I want to suggest that what we think about tradition is important. It's important for our lives, and it's important for our faith. And so why is this something that needs to be discussed? Well, it needs to be discussed because religious people look at Scripture and they come away with different ideas. Some think tradition is very bad. You know, we don't, we don't want any tradition. Others look at tradition, they see it as something that is authoritative and something that it, it shouldn't be questioned. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you up front, I don't agree with either one of those ideas. But don't take my word for it. Let's, let's look at the evidence. And so let's, let's begin with this question. Why do some people consider tradition bad? Well, when you open up the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus talked about tradition on more than one occasion. 
and he was sometimes critical of certain traditions that people were following. One of these occasions is found in Matthew chapter 15. And so let's look at it and see what Jesus has to say. It says, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded... Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Now, when we come to to this passage, and, and there's some others like it, we have to be careful what we take from it. And we need to look closely and pay attention to what Jesus says and also what he doesn't say. Does Jesus have something against the scribes and Pharisees? Yes, he does. And it has to do with tradition. What is it that Jesus is condemning in this passage? Is he condemning all tradition? I would say no. He says in verse 3, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? And then in verse 7, he says, so for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. What is condemned here is any tradition that would cause a person to break the word of God. That's what Jesus is against. That's it. Jesus is not against all tradition. How do I know this? Well, we have verses in the Bible where Jesus follows tradition and he does not condemn it and he does not speak bad about it. I'll give you just a few. There's one in John 10, verses 22 through 23, where it says, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. What feast is this here? Well, well, this is the Feast of Hanukkah. And Jesus goes to the temple for the Feast of Hanukkah. Well, this was not one of the original feast days that are found in the Mosaic Law. It comes from the book of Maccabees, one of those intertestamental books. It was a tradition. But it was not a tradition that caused people to violate Scripture. And Jesus goes to the temple at this time. He does not speak bad against it. There's also Luke 4:16, and this is Jesus here too. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, or we could say his tradition, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Well, if you go back and you read the Old Testament, guess what? You don't read anything about synagogues. They were established after the people of Israel were taken into captivity, and they were uh, not able to go back and to worship at the temple. And so the establishment of synagogues was a tradition that the Jewish people had come up with on their own, and Jesus embraces it. And he makes it his custom to attend the synagogue every Sabbath day, and he does not condemn it. In other places, we are instructed to follow certain traditions. So for instance, 
Paul writing in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. And so what are, they, what, what are these traditions? Well, they were traditions that were given to the church in Thessalonica by Paul, Timothy, and Silvanus. The church there was to follow these traditions. And so, I think looking at all these passages, we can say that traditions can be good, uh, but also traditions can be bad. And so we have to figure out what makes them so. What makes a tradition bad? What makes a tradition good? And here's what I came up with. You can tell me afterwards if you agree or disagree with me, but this is, this is you know, me thinking, using my rationality, my reasoning, by looking at Scripture. These are some things that make a tradition bad. If it causes us to break God's law, this is what Jesus objects to. A, a tradition cannot go against anything that God has said we are to do. If so, that is, that's a bad tradition. That's, that's what Jesus um, gets into arguments with the Pharisees and scribes about. If we bind it upon others, we have to understand that if we have a tradition, tradition is not law. It is not God's word. Any tradition that we create or follow is not on the same level as Scripture. We cannot force anyone to follow something that is man-made. We can encourage it. We can say it's wise. But we cannot say to someone, you must do this. If it's unnecessarily burdensome. And so Jesus condemned some of the traditions surrounding the Sabbath because he said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And so traditions should lead to human flourishing. This is what God desires. We have freedom in Christ. And if we're being imprisoned or unnecessarily burdened by a tradition, then it's a bad tradition. Or finally, if it's meaningless. Uh, There's no point in following a tradition if we don't know why we're following it, you know. Um, And and sometimes that happens. We do something for so long and uh, all of a sudden one day people kind of begin to talk and say, why are we doing this? And no one knows. And so if a tradition has outlived its purpose, then it needs to be abandoned. So those are some things that I believe make a tradition bad. So what makes a tradition good? Well, if it encourages faithfulness, the traditions and customs that Jesus, Paul, and others participated in and did not criticize uh, were ones that did just this. They encouraged faithfulness. They did not violate the commands of God, and they encouraged people to follow God and to remain faithful to him. If it connects us to the past, And so it's good to be reminded that we're not the first Christians and we're not going to be the last. That there were wise and faithful uh, Christians who came before us. And, And we shouldn't just easily dismiss their wisdom and their examples. 
Um, it doesn't mean that we, we have to accept all their authority, but, but at the same time, we shouldn't just easily dismiss them. We should listen to their wisdom. The wisdom of our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, and further and further back. Three, if it blesses people, if it's something good that encourages goodness in others. You know, we recently made a tradition of going out our congregation and helping it. Amen. I think that's a wonderful and good tradition. It's good to do that and encourages goodness in others. And then four, if it helps transform us into the image of Jesus. And so we are shaped by what we do. And traditions, customs, and habits, they, they can help us become the people that we ought to be. They can remind us of truths that maybe we've forgotten. So it's important that we do things as a church or as a family, not just because we like it, but because it's leading us to become more like Jesus. And so we need to talk about tradition because everyone has them. All of us do. Uh, You cannot be a church without traditions. You cannot be a family without traditions. Uh, You know, as I was just thinking, here are some of our traditions here at this congregation. Wednesday night Bible study. You don't open up scripture and say, you should meet every Wednesday night. It's not there. It's a tradition. And, And recently, we've kind of altered that a little bit where we come early and we serve, we, we fellowship, we eat together, and, and we study. But that's a wonderful tradition that blesses us in many ways. We have a fellowship meal every first Sunday. What a great tradition. Um, you think about some things that we might do once a year, VBS, trunk or treat, Christmas caroling. Again, great traditions. There's a second collection, which uh, you think about a, a tradition that blesses us or blesses others. We've been blessed. You know, you go back and you, you look at um, our four-year and fellowship area and, and what we've done because of that second collection and how it's blessed us as a church. And not only that, but there are times when we take up that second collection and we give it to others and we bless others. And so maybe when a tragedy happens or a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake or something like that, we recognize that there are Christians suffering. We did it for Ukraine and that we can use this to bless others. Um, you know, I, I've personally made a tradition of saying grace and peace, you know, when I, I get up. And I've done that because why? Paul does it. Um, that, that's why I do it. But I didn't do it last Sunday because I did announcements and I did it then. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, you didn't do that. Um, that that's how often traditions go. We don't notice them that much when we're doing them, but we sure notice them when we stop doing them, you know. Um, I want to share with you a quote by Yaroslav Pelikan, which I believe he describes well how we should think about tradition. He says, the only alternative to tradition is bad tradition. Um, We're always going to have tradition. You cannot get around it. If you do something more than once, it becomes tradition. Our only choice is whether we recognize this or we don't. If we try and deny that we have traditions, then we end up with bad traditions. However, if we recognize that tradition is just part of life, 
we can then evaluate our traditions. We can get rid of the bad ones. There might be some that we just have to do away with because they're, they're not good for us um, in, in one of those ways. Um, and then we can keep the good ones. All right, I want to switch gears for just a moment. And uh, as we conclude here, I want us to reflect just briefly on one tradition that's been on my mind lately. And uh, it's, it's Advent. And, and let's just begin with um, defining what the word means. Advent refers to the coming of Jesus. It's a word that we use in our hymns. Think about the song, uh, By Christ Redeem. And thus that bar- uh, dark betrayal night, with the last advent we unite by one blessed chain of loving right until he come. And so this is a song that we sometimes sing before communion. And, and it's a song that acknowledges that we live between two advents. And so the first was the birth of Jesus uh, in a manger over 2,000 years ago. The second is that day that we anticipate when Jesus will return again. And the Lord's Supper, something that we do every first day of the week, uh, is, is, is we're doing it um, until Jesus comes again. And, and we're doing it anticipating the return of Jesus. So what is Advent? What, what is this? Uh, sometimes, you know, this time of year you, you hear about the season of Advent. Well, it's a time before Christmas when people reflect on the coming of Jesus. And so they read stories about John the Baptist and others who laid the foundation for the coming of Christ. And not only is it a time for people to reflect on the first coming of Christ, but it's also a time to reflect on the second coming of Christ or the second advent. It's a time to remember that Jesus will come again, and that we need to prepare our lives for that moment. You know, in medieval times, Christians would would reflect on the death, judgment, heaven, and hell uh, for one week each leading up to Christmas. That was their tradition. Now, can you imagine spending the week before Christmas reflecting on judgment or reflecting on hell? our culture would not accept it. You know, we, we, we begin to celebrate Christmas the day after Halloween because we live in this consumeristic culture and, and businesses want to make as much money as possible. Now, the question we should be asking ourselves is, are we any better for it? Is blindly accepting the traditions of our culture better than accepting the Christian traditions of our past? I think that's a valid question to think about. Advent is a tradition. Um, I think it's one that does not cause us to violate Scripture in any way. It encourages faithfulness and helps us to be transformed into the image of Jesus. However, being a tradition, it's not something that we can bind upon other people. It's not something that we can use to burden the lives of others. I do think it's a tradition that could be helpful, and here's why. We live in a world that very rarely thinks about how Jesus is going to come again one day. 
There are many people who just, they, they never think about it at all. Even some Christians give it little attention. We live our lives as if Jesus is not coming back. We do whatever we want. We do not consider the implications of Jesus' return. I believe it would be good for us to pause at least once a year, probably more than that, but at least once a year, and consider, what am I doing with my life. It would be helpful to stop and reflect on God coming into this world and his promise to return and to come again one day. And if all of us did this, I believe the world would be a better place. Advent is a tradition that could lead to more faithfulness and transformation. The world that Jesus came into was a dark place. Some people were doing whatever they wanted to do. They were not living in anticipation of the coming of God into their world. Uh, Some of these individuals were corrupt. They abused power. They took advantage of others. They lived immoral lives. They needed to repent. And that's the message of Advent. Repent. Change your life. Get ready because Jesus is coming. Jesus also entered into a world that was exhausted. A world that was hurting. And people were tired of working and working and just never getting ahead. They they were tired of being taken advantage of. They, they were tired of, of living under the weight of high taxes and government persecution. They were spiritually tired because their religious leaders enforced outward rules and regulations without grace and mercy. And these people, they needed good news. They needed something to cling to because everywhere they looked, they saw a world that was not right. I think that's something we can relate to. What is Advent? Well, I think it's perfectly described in a line from the hymn, O Holy Night, a line that I think about quite often, I hope you will too. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We live in a world that needs hope. We live in a world that needs to know Jesus is coming back. We live in a world that is weary, a world that is tired, a world that is longing for something more. And this world needs something to rejoice in. This world needs Jesus. And so Advent is a reminder that we may live in a dark world. But the light of this world is coming. He's come once and he's coming again. Jesus is coming, a thrill of hope. Jesus is coming, the weary world rejoices. Jesus is coming, repent 
and prepare yourselves for the coming of our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for your holy word, which we can open and we can read. And we thank you for the blessing of our minds and how we can use our minds to think about scriptural things and draw closer to you. We are so grateful that you came into our world, that you showed us how to live, and that you gave yourself for us so that our sins might be forgiven. You are a light in a dark world. And I pray that we would cling to this hope and that we would embrace the light of Christ so that we can be light to others and that we can share the hope we have in Jesus with people all around us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.